All right, we've been reminded this morning that we have a great God for whom nothing is impossible, right? It's a good reminder. And in the midst of whatever, it's great to embrace that simple truth. Grace is always enough. And uh, so we celebrate that this morning. Welcome to all those that are coming in uh, on YouTube. And uh, welcome to be here, be a part of our service this morning. We'd love for you to be here in person, and we wish you could be here at lunchtime as we meet together with Pastor Oster and get to know him a little better. But uh, for those of us that are here, it's a great morning to be together and to worship the Lord, right? So kids, come and join me, and we're going to let you take off to your class. And uh, you shouldn't have seen those kids this morning. They descended around those donuts out in the courtyard like locusts. Uh, It was pretty amazing to watch. I'm glad I got mine first. Mike was nice and patient. Mike waited until all the kids finished, and they left his maple bar all by itself. And so he scored a maple bar right by the So it's, it's all good. It's all good. What a great God that we serve. And in the midst of this crazy world you and I live in, so many in our church family have been um, impacted in one way or another with uh, the whole COVID thing. Uh, either actually catching COVID or being uh, near people that have had COVID. And so a lot of our folks are uh, home this morning. Hopefully they're watching online, right? And uh, it's touched our, our worship team as well as the rest of our congregation. So we have uh, much to remember as we pray together. Uh, Cheryl Sincock is home from the hospital, recovering from her, from her time there. I want to encourage you to continue to pray for her. Uh, Charlene has been in the hospital this week in uh, Utah with uh, COVID and pneumonia. So we need to really remember uh, Charlene and pray for her. Unless someone has a new update this morning, I don't know anymore than I did a couple days ago. But uh, we want to remember to pray for these folks and uh, then we'll send our kids to class. Is that a good plan? <coughs> All right. So let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we, we honor you this morning as the God who is bigger better, greater. We honor you as the God for whom nothing is too difficult. You tell us that you've you've created this planet with an outstretched arm with great power. There's nothing too difficult for you. And so remind us of that this morning in the midst of just the stuff of life. Remind us that you're present, you're there, and you care. And we think especially this morning of those of our number that are are sick, others that have been uh, touched with others around them with COVID and feel necessary to remain at home. We pray for each of these for strength and healing, recovery. We especially uh, remember Cheryl and Charlene this morning. Thank you that Cheryl's home. Thank you that she's recovering. We just pray that she might quickly find full strength um, and energy and uh, be back here together with us. Thank you for your grace in her life. We thank you too for Charlene as she's visiting family back in Utah. And she's in the hospital. We remember her and pray for her. Pray for her doctors and her nurses. You give them wisdom as they care for her and treat her. We pray that you would quickly raise her up and return her home to her family. And we just commit her to you with thanksgiving. Thank you for each of these children this morning. Thank you that they're not only here, but they're ready to go to class. They're ready to study your word. And so we just want to commit them into your hands that you would bless them in their time together. Bless our time. Bless Pastor Oscar as he comes and opens God's word for us. Uh, pray that by your Holy Spirit you would give us insight and understanding. Thank you that this morning we can focus our hearts around the theme of faith. Trusting you. 
We began in Psalm 115 with a call to trust, to trust, to trust. We've been reminded in our worship that you're a great and mighty God for whom nothing is too difficult. And so, Lord, as we wrap our hearts around the truth of faith and trust in you, bless uh, Pastor Oscar as he comes and bless our children as they go to their class. And we give you thanks together in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right, kids, you are out of here. Just a reminder to you, I think I alluded a moment ago to the lunch afterwards. We prepared uh, a box lunch out in the courtyard. We're going to gather out there. It's an opportunity for you to, to get to meet my friend Oscar, to engage with him. We'll have some time for questions and answers uh, as we try to get better acquainted. And just a reminder also, if you've been tracking with our calendar of events, uh, next Sunday after our worship service, we're going to have a, a meeting time, a final kind of a conversation of questions if you still have questions that haven't been answered and an opportunity to, to vote that day to affirm Oscar as our, our new pastor. So Oscar, my buddy, my friend, me amigo, come share God's word with us. Welcome Oscar, will you do that? Thank you. So um, <clears throat> as I get ready here, I just want to tell you that I am very disappointed in this church. You're so serious. <laughs> I am not. It's on. I am very disappointed because I was asked to pray that the Cowboys will be the 49ers. What? I'm like, what? We're in California. Lulu, we're having problems before I even start. That's not. It, it's hard that. Oh, okay. So there's two buttons. Okay, now I gotta learn the tricks you've been learning, Roy. Um, but yeah, so um, we'll, we'll wait for Lulu to repent on that. Um, and uh, but we we still love her, you know. So good morning, Grace Church. It's a blessing to be uh, to be with you on the Lord's Day one more time, and it's always a privilege to be able to open God's scripture and uh, to to preach to. Um, to teach from God's word, uh, and also I am blessed. This morning, my son is with me. He was here with me in, back in May when we came, um, and uh, and so my son Jonathan is here with us this morning too. Um, today, I want to talk about a couple of essential subjects uh, that we should talk about as believers, and not just to talk about, but. We should put into practice and as an everyday life, and that is we want to talk about intimacy with God. Intimacy with God, the result in growing faith. The importance of faith and how essential is for us as Christians, for us as believers, to grow in faith. But before we do that, I, I want to begin by reminding you what Pastor Roy uh, was teaching on the last week of December, introducing the theme for this year. The, the theme for this year is, uh, is revival. The theme for this year is renew, be renewed, come alive. You know, come alive, and you, you'll see that over here uh, for, uh, for uh, on 2022, the whole year, you'll see that over here. It, it will be a reminder for you on how important it is to come alive, to revive, to be renewed every day. And we as believers, 
We should have that desire to be renewed from God. For God to renew us every day. There are things all the time in our lives that are happening and we need to be renewed. The, the idea to be renewed, to be revived, is the, is the idea to bring back to life the things that we have not have acted in our lives. That the things that we, that we just have put, put to the side. To revive is to bring something back to life or to put back something into your life that you have just, uh, you haven't just paid attention to that. To, to be renewed is to dust something up. To oil all the joints. In other words, like to put that WD-40 in those joints that need to have uh, some oil, patch the holes, shine it up, paint it up. To revive is something that you need to wake up. And, and the theme, it's a, it's a beautiful theme, it's a beautiful theme because it reminds you that there are things that every day, not just every year, not just once a year that we're gonna uh, we're gonna make a goal, we're gonna make some goals to, for this year. And no, but it's an everyday thing. It should be a, a way of life. Now, now the question is: Is there anything in your relationship with God that you feel in your heart that needs to be reviving you? And, and, and that is not up to the Sunday school teachers or the preacher. That is between you and God. Is there anything in your life that needs to be revived, that needs to be brought back to life? Is there anything in your life that needs to be renewed? Only you and God can answer that question. Only you and God can know what that is. And you come with sincerity of heart. You come before God and you ask God, God, I want you to show me in my heart, show me what needs to be renewed in me. Is it my relationship with God? Is it my time in the Word? Is it my time in prayer? What needs to be renewed? Is it my relationship with others, with my family, with my kids? Is it my relationship with co-workers? Is it my relationship with people in church? What needs to be renewed? What needs to be dust off? What needs to be oil? What holes do I need to patch in my life? We all need to bring back something to life. We all need to renew something in our lives. There, there's no perfect person. As a matter of fact, this is the, the, the perfect church for imperfect people, isn't it? Because we're all imperfect. And we need to come to a place where we feel safe. That we can come and we can, we can come and say, we, we, we come because we want to be renewed. We want to hear God's word. We want to hear what God is telling us today so we can be encouraged and we can be renewed to do the things the right way, the way God wants us to do things. We all need to bring back to life something in our lives, to be renewed. And so it is essential to understand that for renewal, to be revived, it doesn't just begin with external actions. A lot of us can run to do things and, and get busy doing things in life and in church and think that we are okay. But that's not where renewal begins. Your renewal begins with the intimacy that you have with God. As a result of your intimacy with God, you become renewed every day. So it's essential to understand that for that renewal, for that revival to begin, it doesn't begin with the external actions, but with our internal decisions. 
Because to be renewed is a decision that we have, we have to make. It's a decision that we have to make that we are going to get intimate with God. And so there are two decisions in the heart that we have to make in our lives if we want to be renewed and if we want to grow in faith, which is the two things that I want to talk to you about today. Two things that need to be done. Two decisions that we need to make. Decision number one is we need to decide to be intimate with God, to have intimacy with God. To get closer to God. If you are going to experience renewal, revive in your life, it will depend on that intimacy with God. It doesn't depend. I, I hear sometimes people saying, you know, you know what, I want to come to this church, I want to go to that church, I want to go to that other church, because I feel that in those places I grow. And, and I always tell people, if they're preaching the sound doctrine, and they're preaching God's word, it, it's really up to you what you do with what you've been hearing. It's really up to you. If you take God's word in your life, you process God's word in your heart, and then your actions come out of whatever happens in your heart. When we need a change, God wants us to begin by transforming the inner you, your heart. Because it's from the heart that everything else flows. Everything flows from out of the heart. So you, you want to, a lot of people say, a lot of people have the tendency to say, you know, nobody knows what's in my heart. And you can know what's in somebody's heart by seeing their actions. Because whatever you have in your heart, that's the way you will speak. Whatever there, whatever's in your heart, that's the way you will act in life. So when we need a change, God wants to begin the transforming the inner of uh, the inner part of us, transforming the heart, because it's from the heart that everything else flows. Intimacy with God is the only thing that changes the heart. Doctors can, can, can come in and help you uh, change your physical conditions. Professors will help you change your way of thinking. Psychologists will help you change your behavior. Not all external. But none, none of this matters. If the heart hasn't changed. So you can change your physical condition. You can change your way of thinking. You can change your behavior. But if the heart hasn't changed. It doesn't really matter. And only God can do that. In the book of Ezekiel. When God was talking through the prophet. To the people of Israel. God was talking to the people of Israel. Asking them to repent. Constantly. God was asking the people of Israel to come and repent, to come and repent. He wanted to have a strong relationship with His people in the Old Testament. And if they repent, and they do, they do the right things before God, He told them through Ezekiel, in chapter 36, verse, 20, verse 26 and 27, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. So God was promising them, if you change your way of living, if you, if you change your relationship with me, if you come with a repentant heart, that intimacy with me then is going to result in that I will put a new heart. I will put a new heart in you. I will put a new spirit. I will remove from you your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put, in my, I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful. To keep my laws. But, but notice one thing in this verse. The God begins with the heart. God doesn't begin 
with the actions. The actions are at the end of the verse. Because the actions are the result of what's in your heart. And so I ask you again this morning, what's in your heart? What needs to change in you? What do you need to challenge yourself with in your growth with God? For the external to change, the internal has to be transformed. And the heart is, is where everything flows. Everything flows from out of the heart. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence. Because everything flows from out of the heart. Keep your heart with all diligence. You want to know what's in a person's heart? Listen to their words. Watch their behavior. And then Proverbs says right here, not just to keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Anything that goes on in life comes out from out of the heart. Luke chapter 6 verse 45 The Lord Jesus himself said it If you have good stuff in your heart Good will come out of your heart But if you have bad stuff in your heart That's what's going to come All you have to see is All you got to do God knows what's in your heart What God wants you to do Is God wants you to See what's in your own heart Because a lot of times We don't want to accept what's in there And everything flows from out of there Jesus said, the good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good. And the evil person, out of his evil treasure, produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. The heart can only be changed as you develop that intimate relationship with God. If you don't develop your intimate relationship, you, you, you can go through the motions. You can come to church every Sunday. You can come to church every Wednesday. You can go Bible study. But, but if your heart doesn't change, if you don't do it as an intimacy, relationship with God, where you are connecting with God, away from God, we can do nothing. So a lot of times we can go through the motions. And think we're okay because we're fulfilling all this all, a long list of things that we're supposed to do as Christians. Did you do this? Yes. Did you do this? Check. Did you do that? Check. And our intimacy with God is nowhere close, nowhere near in our lives. So a lot of times we have to realize that if it doesn't, the heart doesn't change, nothing will change. And the heart can only change when you develop an intimate relationship with God. And as your heart changes, your external behavior, your actions begin to change. They just follow the change of heart. For real change to happen, it must happen first in our heart. It reminds me of that little, the story of the little piggy. That there was a farmer, he had a family, and his kids were happy. Because they had a lot of pigs, and they got this little piggy. And the little piggy, uh, the kids got him, took him inside the house. That they bathed him, they they cleaned the piggy. Uh, they even they even dressed him with a little sweater, the way kind of what we do with our dogs sometimes. <laughs> no, and they, they put cologne and everything. The piggy was happy, and he was running around the house playing with the kids. But one of the kids went out, and he left the door a little bit open. And as he left the door a little bit open, and the, the piggy saw there was a pool of mud out there. <laughs> Guess what the piggy did? 
It just sold out. And at the first chance he had, he ran out of the house and with his little sweater and, and, and his cologne, he didn't care. He jumped on the, in the pool of mud and got dirty again. And the kids came to the, to the dad and said, Dad, what happened? And the dad said, well, the pig will always be a pig. His heart hasn't changed. He still desires to go and jump in the mud. Because the heart didn't change. When the heart doesn't change, our behavior can change for a while. Things can change for a little bit. But eventually we will go back to it. Because the heart didn't change. And the heart can only be changed by God. The heart can only be transformed by God. And by God how? With that intimate relationship that we need to have with God. How do we develop that intimate relationship with God? How do we get closer to God? This is what King Josiah did. And Pastor Roy talked about that before. He talked about that on the, on the last week of December. Go back to see that sermon. And you'll see how King Josiah, King Josiah made a decision in his heart. And King Josiah made a decision in his heart to develop that intimacy with God by living a life of worship. And so King Josiah didn't have any excuse like many people have excuses nowadays. Many people say, it's just the way I grew up. It's the way my, my parents were so messed up. The, the community where, where I was was so messed up. No, King Josiah had a granddad. His granddad, his grandfather, was evil. He was evil and wicked. His dad was evil. So grandpa was evil, dad was evil, but King Josiah, at eight years old, he took the, he took the kingdom, and later on, as he developed that intimacy with God, he made decisions. And one of the decisions he made to have that intimacy with God is to spend time in the Word. Spend time in the Word. Spend time in prayer. The change didn't begin by the actions he did. The change began by the changing of his heart. And actions just follow the change of his heart. I love the way that the Psalm 119, I love the way Psalm 19, the psalmist, in, in verse 145 and one, through 149, the way, the, the, the way he wrote this portion of the psalm, it, it says, I cry out with my whole heart, hear me, O Lord, I will keep your statutes. I cry out to you, save me, and I will keep your testimonies. I rise before the dawning of the morning, and I cry for help, and I hope in your word. My eyes are awake through the night watches, that I might meditate in your word, on your word. Hear my voice according to your love and kindness. And he finishes that portion. O Lord, revive me. According to your justice. But, but I want you to notice one thing in this song. I, I want you to notice that in the first verse, he's talking about prayer. He, he, the psalmist is talking about intimacy with God, and that intimacy with God will result in him being revived. Now, many times we question ourselves why do I feel this way? Why do I feel this courage? What do I feel like I don't really want to read my Bible? What do I feel like I don't want to, I don't really want to do these things that I'm supposed to do? Why is it that I don't feel like doing it? And the answer is simple. How's your intimacy with God? How's your intimate time with God? And, and so he talks about prayer in the first verse. 
He talks about commitment to the Word. How do you develop intimacy? You, pray, you develop your life of prayer. Prayer is the oxygen that helps us to keep on breathing and going. Commitment to the Word. He, he says, hear me, O Lord, I will keep, and I will keep uh, your statutes. Commitment to, to the Word. Prayer early in the morning. He says, I rise before the dawning of the morning. Prayer early in the morning. So many times we get up and we just run out of the house. We're in such a rush that we don't have time for God in the morning. But we want to have changes in our lives. We want to have, we want to be renewed. We want to have revival in our lives. But we don't have enough time to spend time with God. We don't have enough time. He keeps on going and says, I, 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 and I cry for help, I hope in your word. That is faith, trust in his promises. Prayer late at night. He says, my eyes, my eyes are awake through the night watches that I might meditate in your word. So then there's prayer early in the morning, there's prayer late at night, there's commitment. And then he says, I meditate, that I might meditate on your, on your word. So there's meditation in the word of God. And as a result of that, he says, O oh Lord, revive me. Out of my intimacy with you, O oh Lord, revive me. Isaiah said it in 57, Isaiah 57, verse 15. For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity. Whose name is holy. I dwell, this is what God says. I dwell in the high and holy place. And I also, uh, and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit. When you humble yourselves, God says through Isaiah. When you humble yourselves and you come to me with a repentant heart. And you come to me with the right attitude. What I will do, I will do two things, God says. I will revive the spirit of the lowly, and I will revive the heart of the contract. Your spirit and your heart will take, will, will come alive. But we cannot expect to come alive, to have that encouragement, to, to have that close relationship with God when we're not willing to do what's right before God. So revival renewal begins with the heart. Your expressions is an expression of your heart connecting with God. In this passage, we can learn a lot from Isaiah. We can learn a lot from the psalmist. So I want to I want I want to encourage you to exercise and develop the spiritual disciplines in your life. If you are going to come alive in 2022, you need to develop those spiritual disciplines, that intimacy with God, and then you will experience how changes begin to happen. Things will begin to revive in you that you will, will that you decide that need to be revived because. Only you know what things need to be revived. Only you, you know what things need to be renewed in your life at this point. Is it family? Is it attitude? Because a family will change. As you have intimacy with God and you renew your life, things will change. Church life will change. All because you are being revived. So there's one, one more essential thing before I even, uh, before I, I finish that I want to talk to you. So your intimacy with God is number one. Because from your intimacy with God, you will be renewed. 
And as you are renewed because you have intimacy with God, you will grow in faith. And that is an essential part in our Christian life. Faith. When you begin to worship God, when you begin to pray, to read His Word, He will transform the inner part of your heart, the deepest part of your heart. And when the deepest part of your heart changes, then you will start growing in these essential areas, and one of them is faith. Faith is fundamental in our life, isn't it? I mean, we are saved by what? Grace. Grace. And then what does what, what is, what is Ephesians 2 8 says? For by grace you have been saved by faith. For if this is not of yourself, it's a gift from God gave you a gift so you can be saved. Grace, faith. And also, faith is essential because we we're supposed to live by faith. I don't know if you live by faith, but I live by faith every day. I have no choice. Hebrews 10.38 says, The righteous shall live by what? By faith. So faith should be a lifestyle. And how many of us want to grow in faith? I mean, every day I want to grow more and more in my faith. Because there are moments where I feel challenged. Here is a process. How do you help us understand this? I want you to see this. This is the way I see it. So this is not, it's not set up in stone. So if you have more ideas, share them with me. But this is the way I see it. We come at one point in our lives, we come to saving faith. Salvation happens. Then when we're saved, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to disciple people. We're supposed to help people to get, uh, you know, to the, ne- to the next step. And, and what, how do we do that? We teach them spiritual disciplines. As we teach people spiritual disciplines, they begin to have intimacy with God. And, and that's when you get new believers that are always encouraged. New believers, as a matter of fact, the, in the first two years of a person being a believer, that's when they, I mean, they, they, they want to conquer the world for God. That's their first love. So when they develop those spiritual disciplines, they, they, they get that intimacy with God. And as they have that intimacy with God, they want to conquer the world. And then reality happens, right? Christian life doesn't just come uh, with good stuff. But, uh, you know, you're living your life as, as Christian. Uh, there is times of joy, times of victories. But there's also trials. There's also adversities, afflictions, and storms that will a lot of times discourage you. But if you keep on going with that intimacy with God, if you keep on developing your spiritual disciplines, every day God will allow you to be renewed. You want to be renewed every day, then you've got to keep that intimacy with God. How do you keep that intimacy with God? Through your spiritual disciplines. So as you are renewed, one of the things that happens when you are renewed is you learn to see trials and adversity not as failures. Because a lot of times when we have trials and adversity and we fail, we say we are failure. No, you're not a failure. Trials and adversity, even if you even if you stumble, they are learning lessons that God is allowing you to learn through that, so you can grow in your faith. But you will grow in your faith as you are renewed and you keep your intimacy with God. Now, when you are growing in your faith, two things are going to happen. As you, if you're growing in your faith. Living a life pleasing to God, you will fulfill the great commandment. What's the great commandment? Love the 
Lord your God with all of your with all of your with all of your soul, with all of your mind. Love the Lord your God the Lord love the Lord your God with all of it. All of what you got. You fulfilled the great commandment. But as you keep on growing in faith, you're serving others. And you're sharing your faith. You fulfill the great commission. And then you bring people to saving faith. And you bring them to the same process that you're going to go through. And then you know you're growing in faith when that begins to happen in your life. Out of what? Out of your intimacy with God. Renewed happens as a result of your intimacy with God. And it takes, it takes you to experience growing in your faith. Why is it important to grow in our faith? To grow in our faith will keep you constantly uh, having that intimacy with God. If you're not growing in faith, you will not be intimate with God. If you're intimate with God, you will naturally grow in your faith. So it's essential to understand this. Uh, the, 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 this, this word faith... It's essential to understand it because there's such a movement today. It's called the movement of faith. It's called a movement of faith and, and, and a lot of people are talking a lot about faith. But a lot of them are talking about fake faith. A lot of them are telling you about a faith that doesn't exist. It's a powerless faith. But they like to manipulate that, to manipulate people. So that's not the type of faith I'm talking about. We're living in days in which that faith talk is big. Some of these people that are teaching this the wrong way, they're promoting faith talk, and they speak of faith. They say, um, they say it in a way that the power of faith is possessed by us. We have the power of faith to create our own future. And the truth cannot be so far from that. You cannot create your own future. Our personal power, this is what they say, it's a personal power. Faith is a personal power we possess to create our own reality, to define and build our own future. They also say, um, they also talk about, um, give, me, give me a second here. Sometimes this technology stuff messes up. They also say that if you have faith, nobody else is in charge. Not even God. You are. Because it's, it depends on you that you have enough faith to make things happen. Now, that is not faith. Faith, they, they say faith is the power you possess to, cre to create your own future. This is not faith. Faith is not wishful thinking. Faith is not wishful longing that something might come to pass just because you say the words. Oh, I have faith of this. I have faith of that. No, no, a lot of times, you have to really analyze if you're talking about wishful thinking. No. The faith that we need to grow in, the faith that I'm talking to you about, is a God-given ability to trust God. It's a God-given ability to trust the future that God has promised us. It's a God-given ability. In other words, faith is so simple to define. Faith is trusting that God knows best. You will only learn to trust that God knows best 
as you develop your intimacy with God and you are renewed every day. Then you learn to trust God, to trust that He knows best, even, even in those times when sometimes we experience things that we don't like. Does God still know best? Even when you go through hurting times? Faith is that which adorns the heart when we believe and trust in God's promises through faith. It's trusting in God's decisions even when they are not in accordance to my own personal desires. That is faith. Faith is what the three Hebrew young men show Sadrach, Misha, and Abednego. Oh, when the king told them, you know, you guys got to bow down before, before the image. And you will bow down and you will worship the image. If not, what I will do is I will throw you into the furnace. And I will kill you. Whoever who doesn't worship the image will kill you. And they said, no, we're going to have faith. And the way they respond to the king, it, it was really amazing. Because uh, they told the king, if that is the case, king, if you are going to kill us because we don't do what you say, we're still going to have faith in our God. And they say, our own God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us. Notice that they didn't say, He will deliver us. They didn't say that. He said, they said, He is able to do it. He'll be able to do it. If He wants to do it, He'll do it. So they're not putting God on the spot. What they're saying is, we have faith that whatever God decides, we're good with that. We have trust. We believe and we trust that He will do whatever He says He will do. And, and that's why they, they, they go on and they said, um, He is able to deliver us from the burning fury of furnace, and He will deliver us from your hand, O King. But if not, this is where you see faith. But if not, if He doesn't do it, we're going to stop trusting Him. Is that what it says right there? No, they said, but if He doesn't, let it be known to you, O King, that we do not serve your gods, nor we will worship the gold image which you have set up. That is faith. So a lot of times we want to see things happen the way we want. That's not faith. That's your wishful thinking. And be careful with that. Because a lot of times people say, well, no, but, but, but if we have faith, no, what kind of faith are you talking about? Are you talking about living faith? Saving faith? Or are you talking about faith faith? Because a lot of times, what, what people are teaching out there, false doctrines are teaching, that you can twist God's heart. There was one preacher, one very famous preacher in the 90's, who said at one point, if you have faith, who is the boss now? Is it you or God? How is you? That's not faith. That's manipulating God. And God is God, my brothers and sisters. That's not faith. But this is faith. What these guys made the decision in trusting God no matter what happens. And my question to you is do you trust God even when life gets tough? Even when you go through those moments that are not pleasant. This is faith. Trusting in God's decision. Trusting in Him. I trust my future in God's hands. Faith is a decision. 
we decide to trust in God. It is essential to grow in faith that is according to God. Not in the faith that is according to what people are teaching right now just to make you feel good. But just to give you false hope. It all depends on my intimacy with God. This will lead me to live a life where, I've been, where I'm constantly renewed. And when I'm constantly renewed, I'm able to please God because I have faith. Because I will be growing in my faith. My confidence is in the hands of God. That He knows best. How do I know that I'm growing in faith? Let me give you four things really quick. That uh, how you can know that you are growing in your faith. How do I know that I'm growing in my faith? Uh, number one, I know that I'm growing in my faith because of my actions of faith. See, a lot of times people believe that faith is passive. No, faith is not passive. Faith is active. How do I know that I'm growing in faith when my actions of, of faith in my life are shown? Faith is active, it's not passive. A lot of times people go, you know, I'm praying, I have faith, and I'm praying that I'm going to get a job. And they sit at home without looking for one. No, I have faith that God is going to bring me a job. No, you got to have faith that God is going to give you a job, but go look for one. You're acting on your faith. You're acting on it. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 it, it, The Apostle Paul tells the Ephesian church For by grace you have been saved through faith And this is not of your own doing It is a gift of God So verse 9 is very, is very important to understand verse 9 Verse 9 says Not as a result of works So that no one may boast for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. But notice that I highlight these two parts in verse 9 and, 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 and verse 10. So you can see that you are not, you don't have your faith. It's, your salvation is not the result of works. It's the result of faith. So not the result of works, but for good works. In other words, as we believe, as we come to the knowledge of God, as we come to the knowledge of Christ, and we are saved, it doesn't happen because of works. So, it's not works equals faith. It's faith equal works. We have faith as a result of our faith, of that saving faith that we have in God, of that faith that we're growing, we are supposed to do works as a result of faith. It doesn't work the other way around. And so faith is active. Faith that led you to trust in God is active. James says that in James chapter 2 verse 14 through verse 20. What, what does James says? He says, faith without works is what? It's dead. It's dead. So then, therefore he says, don't tell people, I'll pray for you. Be warm and, 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 and be full. Go beat yourself. Go be well. And then you tell people, you're going to pray for them, but then you don't do anything about it. That's not faith. James says, that's not faith. Faith without works is dead. Faith is trusting in God. Simple as that. Faith is trusting in God. And that, that, that trust in God will lead you to good works. 
You remember Hebrews chapter 11? Hebrews chapter 11, there's a list of people there. There's a list of people there that, that it says, by faith, and then it, it, it tells you what they did by faith. In other words, faith was followed by an action. Faith, you can say you have faith and don't do anything about it. No, that's how you know you're growing in faith, when your faith is active. And then you have Enoch, you have Noah, you have Sarah, you have uh, Moses, you have Abraham, uh, you have Isaac. And they all, it says, they were, it was by faith that they did certain things. Moses. And then in that list you find a, a, an interesting group of people too. You see Rahab. Who was Rahab? She was a harlot. Right? <coughs> Nobody wants to talk much about Rahab, but she made it in the hall of fame of the people of faith. It's not, it's not who you choose to look up to, but it's who God has forgiven because they act on faith. Samson, there's, there's a few people here. God, God wants you to see how active is your faith. God doesn't want to see for himself how active your faith is. God wants you to see how active is your faith. He wants you to analyze your life. He wants you to see how active is your faith. There's no excuse. Because <laughs> so, so, sometimes people can come in and say, but I'm not like them. I mean, if you really study the life of Abraham, the father of faith, you will realize how bad. <coughs> Abraham was a, he was an idol worshiper. And he didn't obey God in the beginning. He went through a process. <coughs> so when you get saved, you don't change from one day to the next day. You go through a process of events in your life that helps you learn and understand and grow in your faith, just like Abraham did. <coughs> uh, but, you know, there's no excuse for us to say, we're not like that. How can we grow in faith? The, the, simple as, do you notice the people on this list? God's grace, forgiving. He gives people second chances constantly. In this list, you got thieves, you got liars, you got prostitutes, womanizers. <laughs> By faith, all these people in Hebrews chapter 11, they did something as a result of their faith because faith is active. But the second thing that you, you can know how, if you're growing in your faith, is when faith is a way of life. Now, I ask you the question is faith the way of life in your life? When faith is a way that I live my life, I know that I'm growing in faith. In other words, if it's a way of life, then I need to live my life knowing that I'm trusting in God. Not trusting in how smart I am for the outcome, but trusting that whatever God does as a result of my work with Him, of my intimacy with Him, God knows best what He's going to do. A lot of times we pray for God's will to happen. And we say, Lord, we trust you. And we have faith that, that you're going you're gonna to give us the outcome. But when the outcome happens, we don't like it. And a lot of times we say, but that's not what I was praying about. It's because you were praying for what you wanted, not for what God wanted. So that's not faith. Faith is trusting. It's living a life. It's a lifestyle. In other words... Faith should be the way we roll. 
Faith should be the way we flow. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. It says, but, but my righteous, my righteous one should live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Well, why is it important to have a life of faith? To have a lifestyle of faith. Because Hebrews 1.6 says that without faith it is impossible to please who? To please God. So we are called to please God every day. But if we don't have faith, without faith, without trusting in God for the outcome, whatever His decision is, even Jesus, when He prayed before His crucifixion, He said, Father... This is what I want. It, it pass, pass this from me. I don't want to go through this. Humanly speaking, Jesus didn't want to go through the pain that he was going to go through. But he says, Father, let not my will be done, but your will. That's faith. That is trusting in God. And I ask myself many times, am I really trusting in God for the outcome? Or do I really always want what I want? And what I want, if it doesn't happen, then I get discouraged. I get discouraged because I don't have intimacy with God. So I cannot trust God because I don't have the faith that I'm supposed to. I'm not living a lifestyle of faith. The righteous one should live by faith. Faith is the way we behave. Is the way we should behave. It should be the way we flow. Should be the way we operate in life. Faith is not a concept you visit. Faith is not a concept you visit. It's a lifestyle you possess because the righteous should live by faith. Then, then we, we can say that if you are not living by faith, it's because you are not yet righteous. Because the righteous should live by faith. And how are we righteous? Is it because of us? No, we're righteous through Jesus Christ. He makes us righteous before the Father. We, we can. No. We're, we're like some of those people in that list on Hebrews 11. Aren't we? Yeah. I, at least I am. So let, I'll let you know that up front, okay? I am like one of those people in Hebrews 11 who's got second chances from God because I am not perfect. But He is. And He makes me righteous before the Father. That we can say that if we are not living a lifestyle of faith, we are not righteous. We are not yet righteous. Because the righteous should live by faith. Should be a lifestyle. And the righteous that lives by faith gets to experience God in action. You get to experience God in action. He is faithful. He is true to His promises. So you have to ask the question, am I living a lifestyle of faith? As a result of my intimacy with God. Because if I'm not living by faith. Then I'm not experiencing God in my circumstances. And we're not experiencing God in your circumstances. Number three. Number three. I know that I'm growing in my faith. When my faith overcomes my fears. I ask. I ask before people. You know what do you think the enemy of faith is? And a lot of times people say, it's unbelief. Well, it's not unbelief. The worst enemy of faith is fear. When we fear. 
fear and uncertainty. Remember Numbers 13, and I'm not going to stop here too long because, uh, because of time. Numbers 13, Moses sent the spies to, to, to go and see the land that was promised to them. Ten of them were full of fear. Oh, we saw the giants there. Oh, well, we, we, we're going to be eaten by them. They're going to crash us. No, 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 we, we cannot do this. And only two of them can believe it and trust it. Only two of them exercise faith. So, do you remember how many days they went there? Not the pastors, not the leaders, okay? The congregation. I want to talk to the congregation today. You remember how many days the spies went there to look at the land? Oh, 40 days. Do you remember how many years they were in the desert as a result of those 40 days? Because you were here 40 days per day. I'm going to put you in the desert for a year. So 40 days looking at the land, looking at God, what God has promised them. They didn't trust in God. They didn't have faith in God. And because of their fear, now they went down, they went back to the desert to spend 40 years in the desert as a result of 40 days in the promised land. Fear overtook them. Fear was a stronger. The more you grow in faith, the less fear you have. The more fear you have, and the more you let the, the, the more you let fear take over your life, the less faith you're gonna exercise in your life. As you grow in your faith, you learn to trust in God. And the God will, uh, will will lead you to overcome that fear. Number four. How do I know that I'm growing in my faith when my desire is to please God? Why? Because as we said it before, because without faith, it is impossible to please God. So you need to make sure you're growing in your faith. How are you going to grow in your faith? You're going to grow in your faith as a result of your intimacy with God. Your intimacy with God will bring you to a constant renewal in your life. And as you are renewed in your life, you are going to start growing in faith. You are going to start trusting in God. You are going to start trusting that God knows best, no matter if things that are happening are not happening according to what you want, but it's happening according to what God wants. That is what the writer of Hebrews says. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. When you exercise your faith, you are not. When you don't exercise your faith, you are not pleasing God. When you are not exercising your faith, you are challenging God's integrity. Did you know that? If you don't exercise faith, you are challenging God's integrity because He says to trust Him. If you're not trusting in Him, you are challenging His integrity. In other words, not to, to, to not live by faith is to call God a liar. And it displaces Him. It displaces God. So let me give you a reminder. Uh, let me remind you again that the most simple definition of faith is acting. Faith is acting like God is telling you the truth. It's not feeling because sometimes people say, well, it's because I don't feel like it. It's not feeling that he's telling you the truth. It's not saying that he's telling you the truth. It's acting because faith is what? It's acting. It's acting like God is telling you the truth. So are you really acting? Are you living a lifestyle of faith? Are you believing in God even if the results are not what you want? 
That's why the Bible says that the walking by faith, the Bible doesn't call it, the Bible calls it walking by faith, it doesn't call it talking by faith or feeling by faith or thinking by faith. What pleases God is your walk of faith. Our goal as a believer should be to please God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Let me give you one last verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the Apostle Paul said, Therefore, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And how are you bringing God glory if you don't have faith? Everything you do should be done by faith. Because faith is a lifestyle. Faith is the way we roll. Faith is the way we flow. Faith is the way we live. <clears throat> so, do everything to the glory of God, to please God. We need to exercise our faith. And that is only going to happen from our intimacy with God. God is real. God has power. God makes promises, but you won't see it until He sees the motion. He sees your actions of faith. Saving faith, intimacy with God, revival or renew, it's going to happen in growing in your faith. And again, are you growing in your faith as a result of being renewed? If you're not being renewed, you're not going to grow in your faith. And if you're not being renewed, it's because you're not having intimacy with God, because you're not exercising your spiritual disciplines. So it all begins from salvation. You exercise your spiritual disciplines. As you exercise your spiritual disciplines, so what happens is you are going to be renewed. You are going to grow in your faith. And so on, you're going to have that relationship with God that you need to have. Without the intimacy with God, there's no renewal. No renewal, there's no growing in your faith, which you need to be able to please God. And if you are here with us and have never given your life to Christ, let me encourage you today that you can only start by saving faith. Your life of faith can begin with that saving faith that God wants you to put, that God wants you to trust in. Saving faith means you trust your life in the hands of God. That faith will take you to trust in Him, to remember that He knows best. Even if life doesn't treat you well, you still trust in Him. You still trust in that He knows best. But you can only do that by the power of the Holy Spirit, and that only happens when you have come to saving faith. If you don't have saving faith, you will not be able to trust God the way God wants you to trust Him. That can only happen when we have that strong relationship with God. By putting your faith and trusting that He knows best. Father, we thank You for this morning. We praise You, Lord. And we thank You so much for allowing us to come before you and opening your word 
We thank you so much, Father, because we are reminded how important it is our intimacy, our spiritual disciplines will bring us to that intimacy with you and only when we are intimate with you Father is when we are renewed every day it's when we come alive every day and when we come alive every day we are renewed every day we can see your hand at work and we begin the actions actions of faith because we can live a lifestyle of faith by the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord, this morning that you will help us to start developing our spiritual disciplines so we can grow, so we can be renewed, so that our faith can grow even more. Because without faith it's impossible to please you. Help us to grow in our faith. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of our failures, Lord. And help us move on. Because you are the God of second chances. As we saw it in that 11th chapter of Hebrews. So many people that we would never call to be part of our group. You called them to be part of that amazing chapter. The chapter of faith. Because by faith they believe and they trust in you. Help us to believe and to trust in you. And, and, and if we have never given our lives to Christ, our faith can only begin by saving faith. That step where we are going to trust you. And life begins to change. By the power of your love. We come before you, Lord, this day. And we pray that you will help us to grow in these essentials. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.
The Lord Jesus has been honored this morning. It was, we've lifted up His name and celebrated His name. We've celebrated that we have a great God. Yeah. It's good to be reminded of that, isn't it? Yeah. Pastor Oscar has reminded us about the importance of walking by faith, living by faith. It's how we roll and how we flow, right? <laughs> so good reminders. One of our members, Steve Wyrinio, has a birthday this Friday, so we shout out to Steve with a happy birthday, and uh, look forward to uh, seeing him and his family back here as they all get well and recover, and uh, we celebrate that. Please remember our lunchtime afterwards. We're going to be together informally around lunch tables, chance to get to know Oscar a little better. So if you haven't had a chance to introduce yourself to him, you want to do that. And uh, then we'll grill him with some really tough questions. I hope you brought some really, really tough ones for him. He does not know how many angels can dance on the head of a pin, so move beyond that one to another one. Those of you that are coming in on YouTube, it's good to have you with us. We pray God blesses you in the week ahead as God blesses each one of us. Remember this week, faith ought to be how you roll and how you flow. Have a great week.